Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Raw and Unscripted with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of most ages, hopefully over about 15, um, welcome to the Raw and Unscripted show live edition. I got to tell you guys that ever since I've been doing these Facebook lives and these StreamYard things and these panel discussions, doing my podcast the normal way just doesn't seem like an option anymore. I love the fact that you show up and you free fall into a topic that you know and love and you just deliver it live and you engage with people and you have questions and you have interaction and it's just the spontaneity and the the liveliness of it, liveliness of it that I really dig. So I want to thank you guys for being here tonight. Um, you know, obviously some people are going to be listening to this on the replay right now. We are live and I'm just waiting for some people to show up a little bit before I get started because tonight's discussion is very timely. Um, I will say this as a preemptive little statement. I've had the opportunity to speak with quite a few people over the last couple of weeks, actually a couple of months, to be honest. And I'm finding a couple of different patterns in the things that I'm hearing from people. I'm hearing a lot of desperation. I'm hearing a lot of hurt. I'm hearing a lot of frustration, anger, resentment, basically all the emotions that you could possibly have. I'm hearing these coming from people, but I'm hearing them at a level that concerns me. Obviously, we know that we're going through at the time of this uh, taping that we're going through the pandemic. We're going through COVID-19 as of the taping today. It is May 26th. And I believe the lockdown started here in California, where I live, somewhere around March 20th. And at that time, I'm like, okay, maybe it's going to go through the end of April. Then it's going to go through the end of May. Now we don't know what's going on. Things are starting to open up a little bit. But you can imagine the frustrations and the uncertainties of the feelings that people are having are starting to mount. They're starting to quadruple, quite frankly. And so I've been blessed over the last couple of weeks and actually a couple of months, to be honest, um, to get a chance to talk to you guys one-on-one, -on -one, either through these panels or through the free coaching calls that I've been offering, which have been phenomenal. Um, just really, I'm so glad that you guys are reaching out because it is a no sales. It's no bullshit. It's just like we spend an hour talking about a certain problem that you have so I can help you reframe that, help you get a different perspective on that and send you on your way with just a little bit of hope, at least a little bit of strategy that can get you started in the direction of healing versus getting worse and going down the rabbit hole of what possibly can be. Um, so I just want to thank you guys all for being here tonight. And tonight's discussion is really just about putting yourself first. Now, I know that from personal experience, honestly, that um, putting yourself first is, is difficult. It's challenging. So we have to ask ourselves, why? Why is it hard for me to put myself first? Well, when you think back to the stories that we were told when we were kids, you know, by our parents and by our teachers and by our friends and mentors and religious leaders, whatever it might be, when you think about it, when I talk to people about this, they, most of us were told very specifically not to be selfish. And, but we didn't know, understand what that meant. So I think as kids that we took that to mean that we have to put everybody else's needs in front of ours. And when you think about, you know, playing with your friends and you had your toy and you didn't want to share it with other people. And they told you you were a bad person. If you didn't share, you were a bad person. If you didn't consider other people's feelings, you think about the conditioning process that goes into that. And this is only going to be a 30 minute show. So I can't go into all the specific details. My goal here tonight is to raise awareness, to let you guys know that you're not alone and to give you some ammunition of what you can do in your own lives respectively to help 
offset this. You know, it's got it in a 30 minute conversation. I cannot change the world on how you believe about yourself, but what I can do is I can ignite something in you to go pursue that. I've got a couple of book recommendations and obviously as the no excuses coach, I bring to you the value of what it is that's in my mind and in my heart so that you can, you know, overcome this and help other people overcome this as well, because it is a very pervasive situation. People are sick and tired of being sick and tired. They're frustrated. They're down. They're, they're, they're putting their investment of time, energy, money, everything else into people who necessarily don't give a shit about them. You know, they keep them around just enough. They give them enough significance, enough love, enough security, enough, whatever it is that it's mediocre, it's complacency, it's settling. And these people don't know what to do. And they're seeing other people shining. They're seeing other people flying. They're seeing other people having a great time. And they're what there is nothing wrong with you. You know, it's just a matter of what your belief systems have been made up to be through Um, you know, they, was it the four agreements was that I was just going to mention? Um, you know, yes, the, the agreements, the agreements that we make, and then we substantiate those through time, through our actions. And we go look for that physical proof unbeknownst to us that our emotional intelligence doesn't even start to, to grow until we're later on in life. You know, we're born as these malleable, impressionable minds. And these people come in who don't have any experience themselves and they delude us with all these emotions and thoughts and, oh, you better take care of this first. And this is more important than that. And da, 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 da. So even as little kids were confused as what the fuck to believe. And so we carry that into our relationships in life. We stay in relationships that we're not happy in because we get a little validation. We get a little bit of this. Oh, I don't want to hurt that person's feelings. Oh, they just went through this. We constantly put other people in, in front of us. And what does that do to us? Right. I mean, consider the fact of, you know, what happens when you feel like you're not getting enough on, out of a situation, you're not getting out enough, enough of a bargain. Uh, good evening, guys. Good, good to see you. It's a little harder for me to read the comments as I'm flowing. Um, but it's really super important that we identify this because I asked people for questions and I wasn't surprised, honestly, that nobody asked me the questions on Facebook that I said to private message me if you had some questions. And fortunately, I did have quite a few questions. I'm going to bring two of them up that I think really say it for everybody because I'm not going to sit here and read 12 questions when I have two that are really going to substantiate what I'm talking about. And the first question is, I've spent my entire life putting everyone before me and I've tried to put myself first, but then everyone gets mad at me, tells me I'm selfish and makes me feel like shit. It's question number one. Question number two, I'm over 40 and I'm feeling like this is it. I'm feeling like I'm settling on a life and I'm not happy with it. I've let myself go and I know I'm not fun to be around much. So I spend my time watching TV, eating or whatever else I could do to not think where do I start, Chris? And those two questions really uh, summarize the other questions that came in. And quite honestly, thank you guys for those. I appreciate them, uh, no doubt. And, and my goal in this time is to really help spark something in you. But again, if you haven't taken me up on one of my free coaching calls, do that. I'm serious. No obligation. I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart because if I can impact 20 people in this world, then that's 20 more people that might not, you know, go to sleep tonight wondering what the fuck they're going to do tomorrow, or even think tragically in other terms of how they're going to deal with their depression and their anxiety and everything else that's going on in their life. Um, you have to start really looking at the stories you're telling yourself, right? What words are you using in your day-to-day -day language? Oh, I'll never be enough. Oh, I'm not good at that. My dad told me I wasn't going to be good at that. Oh, see, there I go again, fucking up, da, 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 da. You know, whatever stories you're telling yourself about your life is what's going to manifest, right? So if you're constantly, I want to, I asked a, a couple of people this question. I said, so who is the most important person in your life? My husband, my wife, my kids, my mom. Okay. So 
let me ask you this question. If you're operating on a scale of zero to a hundred percentage wise, what are you operating at right now? What do you feel like you feel about yourself and about life and everything else? Most people were saying anywhere from 30 to 50%. So I would say, how do you feel like I'm, I'm 50%, you know, I'm there, but I'm not there. I'm excited, but I'm not. Eh, eh. And I'm like, so if these people are so important to you and you're only giving them half of what you're capable of giving, then how much do you really love them? And nobody can answer that question. So then I saw, then I came back with a left hook and I said, why are you people keep punishing yourself? Why do you keep punishing yourself? If you're not even at 60%, 80% and you say these people that you love them, where's the love for yourself? And really, where is the love for them? Because if you really, really love them, wouldn't you take better care of yourself so that you can give them 90%, 100% of who you are and what you want to be about? Don't they deserve that if those people are the ones in your life that you supposedly love the most? But it's interesting. So many people are not taking care of themselves physically, mentally, spiritually. They're drained. They're zapped. They have been robots for 20 years, and they're just kind of coming to grips that they're so sick and tired of so being so sick and tired that they'll do anything. And now they're they're drastic. I mean, just look at those two questions and it breaks my heart because all you have to do is really change your focus on what it is. And I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. Let me just make that pretty clear. That is not going to be easy to take charge of your life, to stand up for yourself, because guess what's going to happen? People are going to say, what's going on with Chris? What's he doing? Why is he so special? Oh, he seems to be stingy now. He seems to be spending more time on himself. He seems to be, you know, going out and meeting new people and friends and doing shit he likes. What's about that? Mm -hmm. You know, Misery loves company, ladies and gentlemen, we know that. So those people are going to try to beat you down. They're going to try to keep you scarce like they are so that they feel comfortable so that they don't have to sit there and watch you take care of yourself and watch you be happy because they're miserable fucks and they using you to offset part of their misery. You know, just like I said, watching television or watching anything else. So maybe they're miserable in the situation and you're just enough to keep them happy so that they're not completely miserable. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to look at the situation and I'm very passionate about it, but I really want to impart on you that, you know, you have to ask yourself this question. Do I deserve happiness? Do I deserve happiness? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, how much do I deserve it? Be honest. I've had people tell me three, four, six. I'm like, you deserve a hundred percent to be happy. We all do. Yet you take a survey of half the population right now, most people are miserable and it doesn't have anything to do with COVID or anything else. It has to do with the decisions that they're making in their life. It has to do with the investment of time that they're doing. It has to do with them looking at the end of their life going, holy shit, if I keep doing this, I'm going to be fucked. Now think about that. If you keep doing what you're doing and if you're miserable and you're putting up with other people's shit just because you don't feel like you're strong enough to get away from that, where is that going to end up? Where's that going to end up in your health? If it hasn't already manifested itself in your health as you get older, it will. That stress and everything else will complicate and compound the destruction in your mind, body, and soul. So where you're left with nothing. And then guess what? When you're down and out and you need somebody else, guess what? Those people are most likely not going to be there for you. Family, everybody. They're going to be like, oh shit, well, I guess we wore that fucker out. We're going to go get a new one. And then you're going to be sitting there. I've seen it so many times. It's, it's devastating to think that people would actually do that for somebody who spent 20, 30 years of their life in a marriage who have put their husbands or wives through school and done all these things and beaten themselves up, taking care of the kids. And all of a sudden dad's got a fucking great job now and he leaves and, and mom's got to take care of the kids and he's going to go out and have fun. I mean, I've seen that repeat itself so many different times. So honestly, you have to sit there and say, do I deserve to be happy? And your absolute answer better be fucking yes. And then you say, okay, on a scale of one to 10, yes, 10. So then the next action is, okay, what makes me unhappy? 
my husband, my job, my wife, my, my car, my kids, my friends, society, whatever the news. Okay. Then what areas of influence do you have control over that you could start making different decisions to mitigate those things? So if you don't like the job that you're going to, then find another job. Oh, I get a million excuses. Oh, but Chris, you don't understand. I've been there for so long. I'm over this age, you know, blah, 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 blah. Excuse, excuse, excuse. And I said, so let me just make sure I can understand what you're saying. So you know, you're miserable and yet you wake up every single day and you get dressed and you go to a place that makes you miserable on purpose because you don't have what to change it. You have all these excuses, but why can't you overcome those excuses to change it and be happy? Because you ultimately don't believe you deserve happiness. You're punishing yourself for something. You guys are punishing yourself. Every time I said that to somebody in the last couple of weeks, they all went, you're fucking right. It was like this epiphany. And it just made me want to do this show and really reach out to you guys that are hurting to, first of all, come and talk to me because I believe these people actually feel a lot better from what it is that we talked about in that hour. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, but you have to sit there and you know think about what your actions are. If you're unhappy, number one, are you taking care of your health? Just the simple fact of that. Are you drinking enough water every day? I know that sounds stupid, but I have talked to people who don't drink any water. And I said, do me a favor for one week, just drink, you know, the supposed eight ounces, eight glasses of water a day. I mean, typically you're supposed to drink half your body weight in ounces, at least for here in America. So I drink, literally drink a, a, over a gallon of water every day. I drink at least, these are 32 ounces. I drink four, probably eight of them a day. And I know when I don't drink my water, I'm cranky, I'm irritable, I'm tired, I'm fatigued. Uh, I get to be bitchy. I get to be negative. I don't get to be, but I tend to be like that. So just drinking water every single day. So I get these people on a stupid program called health, drink your water every day, go for a 20 minute walk every day and journal every day and read or listen to, or watch something that moves you. That, that, that is your personal growth. Can you spend an hour every single day on yourself for the next 365 days? Do you imagine what you would feel like and what you would be like? I don't have time, Chris. If you can't find an hour in the day to do those exercises and do those things and take responsibility for your life, then you will be miserable. And I'm sorry to say you deserve it because if you know that you're miserable and you're not doing anything to change it, then you're the one responsible, not society, not your parents, not the teachers, not anything. Go stand and look in the mirror and say, listen, I'm unhappy and I am the one that has to change it. And like I said before, yes, it's tough. Yes, it sucks. Hurt. Yes everything. You feel like you failed something. You're not failing anything. You're moving on from something. You're moving on to the next thing. This thing is called life. It's not called existing. And most people are existing versus living. That's another great point that I've noticed out of the last couple of weeks is people are existing. They're playing the someday game someday when this and someday when that, and Oh, but there's this and Oh, but there's that then fucking deal with it. If you have a deadbeat husband, who's not taking care of your kids, kick them out of the house. Oh, but we're not going to make, you're going to figure out a way to make it. You're downsize, do something, go rent a room, but be happy with your kids. Do whatever it is that you have to do to make it happen. Because trust me, later on in life, they're going to thank you for that. They're going to look and say, wow, you set the example of what it is that we can do. You know, I've seen so many moms out there stay in horrible relationships with their husbands. And then I've seen it. I've seen it. Their daughter was seven, seven years old. And now their daughter's 17 years old. And guess what? Her daughter is in a, in a horrible relationship with a boy. And guess who set the example? Guess who feels like shit now? She can't go back and change the situation anymore. But guess what? She wishes. She goes, I should have moved into my car. I should have done everything to protect my daughter. Because guess what? I told her what is acceptable to do based on my actions. 
You know, you have to take responsibility for this stuff. It's not easy, but it's doable. And guess what happens if you're miserable right now and you spend the next six months, you know, going through the grit and the dirt and everything else and, and, and finding your light, guess what? And you're not miserable anymore. You're going to look back on that situation and say, God, I should have done that earlier. The people I've coached who have gone through those situations where they've spent enough time with me and they've done that, they're like, God, Chris, where were you before? It takes that nudge. It takes that serious consequence of if you don't change what it is that you're doing and who you're with and how you're focusing on yourself, then guess what? You're going to get to be an older age and it might not be that old. You're going to be in the hospital. You're going to have some sort of illness and you're going to wonder, wow, maybe if I just ate a little better, had a little bit more exercise, had a little bit more fun, went to, you know, got up in the morning with a little spring in my step, focused on what's positive, made a contribution in the world. Where would I be today? Would I be another 10 years older, 20 years older? What would it be? What would my kids like be like? You know, you have to consider all the situations, all the variables of it, because sometimes we think we're doing the best we can, but our best is never our best. You know, if you don't go to sleep every night, exhausted, that is not your best. If you go to sleep every night on time and you're miserable, that is not your best. I challenge you to do this. Go to the mirror every night when you're miserable and say, wow, today was a great day. I really busted my ass to change my situation. No, I watched the new Netflix, whatever series. No, I did this or I did this, you know, whatever your, 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 um, your addiction is or whatever your short-term gratification is. No, you did that. Well, guess what? Then you get to wake up tomorrow and do it again. But maybe tomorrow you wake up with a decision that you're not going to do that. You're not going to accept that anymore that you're going to wake up, you're going to have a different idea in your mind that you're going to be, um, that you're going to be kick-ass. You're going to be unstoppable. Let me pause there for a second. Oh, what's up, Scott? Good to see you, brother. So much truth. Yes. Yes. Um, so great to see you guys here. I, I thank you guys so much for being here. I haven't had a chance to look up the screen. Um, it's something that's very dear to me, guys. Uh, I'm so glad, glad to see you guys here. What's up, Deanna? Great to see you. Shane, Cindy, my, my club, my people are here. Um, yes, this is serious business. You know, I'm finding when I'm in these conversations that they, but, but Chris, but Chris, but Chris, and they're trying to tell me all these justifications for why they think that way. And I'm like, where's your past? I'm like, where is your past? And they literally, they, 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 I could imagine that well, I've done a couple of video ones, but I can imagine they're looking around your past is gone. You know, it's, it goes back to the, the analogy, like if you got in your car, I want you to get in your car tomorrow. Well, you can't do it tomorrow, but you know, get in your car and try to drive to work backwards. You know, just look in the rear view mirror the whole time and try to get to work. You cannot do that. Life is right now. Life is in the moments that are right here with us. And I'm, I'm living it with you guys. I have certain situations in my life that come and go where I have to deal with things and make decisions and determinations and work harder at certain things because I fight for what's right and what's fair. I fight for which that matters. You know, it's not my legacy that I want to go down in flames that I let everybody else kick my ass throughout my life. That's why I left my mom in that motel. If you guys know my story, I had to make that decision. That decision hurt me to no end to look at her in the face and say, mom, I have to go and have her tell me you're an asshole. You're selfish. You're a dick. Blah, blah, blah. What am I? What about me? 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 I mean, the God's honest truth. I wanted to throat punch her. Because at that point in my life, I was 17 years old. I tried to commit suicide twice. I had all these different situations going on, half of which I probably don't remember, thankfully. And here she was telling me this, but I still left. And it was the greatest decision I could have made at that time because guess what? I probably would not be in front of you guys tonight if I had not made that decision. There have been other decisions I've had to make in my life. There's other decisions I've had. I've seen people go through where it's been excruciating. You know, families torn apart, situations disrupted. 
But guess what? 12, 18 months down the road. Oh my God, Chris, it's a long time. But guess what? The time's going to go by anyway, and you're still going to be miserable, probably more miserable. But 18 months down the road, you could be looking back at your life going, wow, that was tough. But fuck, that made me stronger. You guys know I have a tattoo right here. It's no joke. I had to put it on here. What doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. There are going to be situations in our lives where we're going to have to rise up, where we're going to have to make those tough decisions. But guess what the result is? Reward. You start feeling compassion for yourself. You start doing more things for yourself. You start feeling better. I've seen people go from the lowest of lows to starting nonprofit organizations because they don't want those people to go through that anymore anyway. You know, parents and teachers and kids that have gone through stuff. Now they're starting nonprofits and they're going out and speaking to schools and teachers and, and organizations because they don't want what was happening to them happen to anybody else. They've taken their pain and turned it into their, I think I said it the other night, they've taken their trash and turned it into their treasure. You know, those are all decisions you guys can make. Um, so you have to stop looking back and looking at those and looking back in the rearview mirror. And, you know, one thing that's really helped me in my life and still helps me to this day is sometimes you have to believe in the positivity that other people's have, that other people have for you. Right. I've had people tell me like, Chris, Oh, you're a great coach. And you should do this and you should be a speaker and you should do this. And there's been times in my life where I didn't necessarily believe that, or I was afraid, like, what do I do if I fail and I trip up? Are those people going to have less respect for me? Are they going to, are they not going to give me any significance anymore? Am I going to disappoint them? We go through all those range of emotions, but when you trust what other people are saying, they're seeing with you and about you and you just free fall into that. That's amazing. And you trust your gut. Again, I've talked about it. Existing versus living. Are you existing or are you living? Are you living a passion life where you wake up every day excited? Yes, certainty is great. And being in control is great. And knowing what, how much you're going to get paid and who's going to be home and who's going to be at work and, and how the, which car you're going to drive is all great. Comfort is great. But you know what is, it was, is better is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable because the more you're uncomfortable and the more you stretch outside of that comfort zone, guess what? The more you grow. Use the analogy of the gym. We go to the gym, we beat ourselves up, we get in pain on purpose because what? We want to look better. We want to feel better. The same analogy applies in your life. If you're not going through pain, if you're not going through struggle, if you're not going through growth, then guess what? That's where mediocrity lies. And that's where you're going to end up and you're not going to fulfill a legacy that you want to fulfill. So think with the end in mind, where do you want to end up? You know, who's in your life right now? Who are you a role model to? Who is looking up to you right now for the answers? And what kind of example are you setting for them in the future? If you're going to continue to wallow in that self-pity, in that poor me story, you guys have heard me talk about it, victim versus victor, right? Are you in the victim mindset or the victor mindset? And I don't care what you've been through. I've seen it all. I've heard it all. I've heard some horrible, horrible, horrible fucking stories that I wish I didn't hear, but I'm glad I heard because I was able to help these people. You know, it just taught you have to take that, those steps. You have to take that, that initiative. Where are we at on time? I don't want to go rambling on tonight. What do we got? Any questions? Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Um, uh, let's see. Trish says, uh, Oh, Hey, hey what's up, Trish? Hey man, I'm a little here. No worries. No worries. It's all good. Um, Cindy says working on my addictions and those masks are slowly peeling away. Oh yeah. Let's talk about masks. You know, if you're putting on a mask to go to work and you're putting on a mask to go to the, your friend's house and you're putting a mask on to go home and you're putting a mask on for this, you know, we talk about the mask we're wearing, we're wearing for COVID, but I was doing that. I was putting on the mask to do this and that. And I thought that by doing that, I was going to make this segment of people happy and that segment of people happy and those people happy. And I figured I would figure out my happiness afterwards. But the God's honest truth is most people really don't care that much about you making them happy as much as they do seeing you happy and being around you when you're happy. That is the magnificent part of life. You know, when you grow into that and you own that, 
I'm able to serve so many more people now because I'm so much more happy and congruent and living my, my purpose-driven life, however you want to say it, doing this, coaching, talking to people all day long. Yes, I get exhausted, but God, I go to sleep feeling immensely powerful and just so grateful. I mean, I've had some powerful conversations over the last couple of weeks. Um, and that's, what's got me excited about this is because yes, you can do it. And the first part is just admitting that you are in a situation you're not happy with and that you want to tolerate anymore. You know, we sit there and tolerate these things because we're told to, oh, that's good enough. Oh, don't shoot for more. Don't be greedy. I mean, I could go on and on. I have so many different thoughts in my head. This could be a six hour show easily. Um, but one of the books I want to tell you guys about, it's a book I haven't mentioned, I don't think ever on this show, but it's a book called Letting Go. It's called The Pathway to Surrender. It's a pretty thick book um, because I come to you guys, I'm a student. I have read every page and there's a... Uh, because people say, how do you do it, Chris? How do you do it? I'm like, I read a lot. I listen a lot. I watch a lot. I learn a lot. It's 368 pages in here. Let's just talk about some of the, the chapter headings. Cause I really want to give you an idea of what's out there. This book is super powerful, super powerful. I haven't heard so many people uh, mention it either. Um, the mechanism of letting go. What is it? Feelings and mental mechanisms, feelings and stress, life events and emotions, mechanisms of letting go, resistance to letting go. Yeah, we don't want to let go because it's, it's freaky. What's going to happen? Let me ask you a question. Can you predict the next five minutes? Can you pre predict the next five days? No, you can't. It's all uncertain. Every bit of it is uncertain. Every single bit is uncertain. So when you're fighting for uncertainty, guess what you're doing? You're missing the moment. You guys have heard me mention that so much. That's why my, my Facebook posts say no excuses, coach, no regrets, moments, unstoppable, whatever it is, but there's a form of that because when you're in the moment, you can't worry. You can just live and live and be excited about whatever's going to unfold next. And that you're going to be strong enough and powerful enough that whatever comes your way, you're going to go, okay, well, this is going to suck, but guess what? I'm going to get through it. That's why I had two on my arm. Cause I was like, all right, let me think about that. Um, the anatomy of emotions. The goal of survival. Sometimes we just think we're supposed to survive instead of get out of our survival mode. That's what my coach, Sally Anderson, taught me. She says, oh, fuck, mate, you're always in survival mode. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm in winning mode. She's all, no, you're, you're constantly trying to survive. You're, you're thinking about all the different plans and you're in survivor mode. And once I got out of that, then I was like, wow, wow. I didn't see the difference because you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. But when you have an outside person telling you and you're talking to them, you're like, you know what? Shit, I didn't see it that way. How many of us do that? I didn't see it that way. You have a great perspective. No, we get into our defense mechanism. Like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. And like, damn, they're right. They're right. They're right. I don't want to admit it. I don't want to be wrong. That's a whole nother subject. I don't want to be wrong. Uh, apathy, depression. I can't versus I won't. I mean, choosing the positive grief, how to deal with grief, anger, desire, pride, courage, peace, love. I mean, again, the book's called letting go. What does it cost? I don't know. 15 bucks. Is your life worth 15 bucks? You know, it's about, again, about the responsibility that you're going to take for the situations that are causing you to be upset, causing you to live a mediocre life. You know, what is it that you want to do? I mean, number one, you have to decide. Well, first you have to admit, yes, I'm miserable and I'm, I don't want to be miserable anymore. And I deserve to be happy and I'm willing to do what it takes to be happy. That's it. And then start doing the act on that. You know, I don't have much money, Chris. I don't have any money. It doesn't take any money. I mean, I can't say it doesn't take any money total, but autobiographies, YouTube videos, podcasts, you know, Facebook lives like this, continue to immerse yourself and educate yourself in what it is that you do have control of. Read autobiographies of people who've gone through this stuff. I mean, there's millions of people out there who've gone through worse stuff than I have, and I'm amazed at what they've accomplished. Um, you know, you have to commit. You have to make the commitment. Don't do it half-assed. 
Oh, I'm going to talk to my husband and maybe see about this. I'm like, what's this? Maybe what's maybe just commit to it. Are you going to do it? Are you not? Yes or no. So many people want to get out of saying a yes or no answer because they want to substantiate it with a maybe or, well, there's this and there's that. No, just stand up for yourself and do the work because guess what? You ask yourself this question, what's going to happen if I don't do anything for the next 12 months, what's going to change? And then people go into the, well, I hope that, you know, I'm like, okay, what has hope got you so far? Well, I just wish they would. Yeah. Uh, uh, how's the wishing working out for you? Um, well, you know, I pray every night and da, 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 and I love prayer. Great. But guess what? It all takes action. It takes commitment. It takes energy. It takes swagger. It takes that, that rawness. You have to get pissed off. You know, that's why I talk about pain being leverage until you're pissed off enough. You won't change. It's like, if you heard the story about the dog laying on the nail on the front porch and people ask, walk by like, why is the dog just moaning? Why doesn't he just get up and move off the nail? And the guy on the rocky chair says, the pain hasn't gotten bad enough for him yet. So I ask you, has the pain gotten bad enough for you yet? Are you struggling? Are you hanging on? Are you hoping to survive? I mean, think about that. I'm just hoping to survive. Wow. There's so many people out there right now who have way less than we have and they're thriving. They're doing the best that they can with the situations they have. They're taking that responsibility. They're looking the accountability mirror. They're calling people out. You know, who are your five people? List the five people that you're around the most. It's a simple exercise. Take out a piece of paper. You can do it in less than a minute. Write out the five people you're around the most and just say positive or negative. Don't wishy-washy, positive or negative. Do they hold you accountable? Do they grow you? Do they tell you the truth? Do they get you to go to a higher level or do they drag you down? Or do they make you miserable? Do you just can't stand the way they chew anymore? I heard that the other day. I can't stand the way they chew. That was funny. Um, you know, so people are desperate and they're looking for that. I mean, what ideas do you guys have? I mean, uh, it's crazy what's going on. Um, seeing if there's anything out there. Uh, Scott says, my brother, Scott, how do you get into player creator mode and break away from our trauma? Victim mode is so much more comfortable. Oh yeah, obviously. I mean, I'm you and I could talk about this for 17 hours, dude. You know, it's about, like I said, it's a matter of first, you have to recognize that you're in that mode. So many people are in this the default mode. They're like, okay, blah, blah, blah. Like I was, I was in survivor mode. Didn't even see it. I'm like, no, I'm past survivor mode. I was way out of that a long time ago, but no, I was not. I was kidding myself. Um, so you have to identify and recognize that. And what you have to do is you have to rewrite your perspective about that. Great question, Scott. Thank you. Um, you have to rewrite your perspective about that. It didn't happen to you. It happened for you. And if you choose to use that, even in the worst situations, and I've heard them use those in the worst situations, you say, okay, what can I do to this? How can I, how can I take this? You know, like I said, trash into treasure, reframe your perspective about it. Those people who trained us, who taught us, who are our, our guardians and mentors and everything, they were fucked up. You know, they didn't have necessarily access that we have today to the information that we have. I can go on and Google right now. What does a three-year-old think? And I could go, wow, I could get in that headspace. I need to figure out what my son is going through. Most people don't do that. Most people look at a three-year-old and go, why don't they get it? Motherfucker. Blah, blah, blah. And we start bitch pissing them on and we put them on restriction. We put them on timeout. They're three years old. Think about when you were three years old. Think about when you were five years old. Think about the things you were told. I mean, let's not even get into the lies we were told. Santa Claus, the tooth fairy, the Easter bunny. Oh, by the way, those are all fake. Okay, so you're lying to us to make us believe shit that's not true. Okay, great. And then we go and tell the truth and we're told about a white lie. And then we have to figure out, okay, do I tell the truth or do I tell a white lie? Just those examples are enough to realize how fucked up we can truly be. Truly be. So yes, Scott, rewrite your perspective about that and, and, and definitely get around the right people. 
get a coach, get a mentor, get accountability partner, get somebody who's going to hold you to the fire. When you say next week, I'm going to do this, this, and that. And then you don't do that, that they get in your ass and say, why didn't you do that? And then you start to develop this thing called integrity. And you're like, well, shit, you know, I really respect them. I'm not going to let them down anymore because those are quality people in my life. They're trying to, 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 to grow me and make me better. Jeez, I'm going to do that. And then you do that and you're like, wow, this feels kind of good. Like I did 75 hard last year. You know, go look at the program. I'm not going to tell you about it. 75 hard was, was challenging. It wasn't undoable, but it was very challenging for me physically, mentally, with everything else I had to go on. But I knew I could push myself. And that's what I was talking about. What is your best? What is your best, your personal best? Oh, I did the best I could. We were given that as, as, a, as, a, as a free pass when we were kids. Christopher, did you do your best? Yeah? Okay, we'll try harder next time. That's it? Okay, I can go play? Wow, that was easy. Yeah, oh, what's the next? Did you do your best? Yeah, I did my best. Who challenges on what our best is? You know, are you waking up in the morning and spending time before everybody else wakes up and reading a book that's gonna grow and promote you? Are you doing that? Oh, I need my sleep, Chris. You don't understand. You're going to sleep when you're fucking dead. And guess what? You're sleeping through half of your life anyway. So what does it matter? Get up a half hour early, go for a walk, listen to a podcast, come back and do something and spend your day focusing on what's right in the world instead of what's wrong. Focus on taking responsibility for your actions. Focus on rewriting your story for what has happened in your life and how you're going to use that as ammunition to get out of the situation that you're in. Because guess what? Nobody's going to do it for you. There's no ambulance. There's no fire truck. There's nobody that's going to come here and say, oh my God, you poor thing here, come stay here in this nice house. Come here and have all this money here. We'll take care of you. We'll, pro we'll, we'll no, that ain't going to happen. That's not going to happen. So you have to decide where, you, if you're worth it and what actions and what sacrifices you're going to make in order to have to make it happen. That's truly what this is about. And I have talked to some pretty strong people who did not realize how strong they were until I asked them a few questions on these calls and in under an hour was able to help them reframe their situation to one of positivity and to be there for them. Um, so you have to really think about what it is that you want to do. I'll put the link in the comments if you guys are interested in, in a calendar session or a, a coaching session with me. Again, nothing. It's just I'm doing it out of the goodness of my heart. Yes, I've had a few people hit me up for coaching and I've been very blessed by that. So yes, thank you. It's not like I'm not getting anything out of it. But the most important thing is the fact that I'm helping people. You know, there's been way more people who have gotten off the call and said, hey, thanks a lot, Chris. You know, going after my dreams or changing a situation at home. You have to do that. Um, so uh, let's see. Get your best five. Yeah, you got to do that. Um, let's see. Cindy says, Christy says, what did I learn? How would I like to feel now? Create what I want. Yes, Absolutely. You know, lies, you're stupid, you're stupid is a lie. Exactly. You know, I could sit here and cite so many examples of my childhood that you would be shocked that I would even be speaking in front of a camera or speaking in front of a microphone or speaking in front of audiences. I mean, I was told to shut up 7 million times a day. I was told to, you know, I was told I was stupid. I was told this and that and other things. And guess what? The pivoting part of all of that was getting away from those people and getting away from the people that say, Hey, Chris, go back to school. Hey, Chris, you should go to college. Hey, Chris, I'm going to give you a job. Or Hey, Chris, you know, you have to look at things differently. Dr. Wayne Dyer says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at begin to change. You have to take risks. You have to risk for which that mattered. You know, I want to leave you with this tonight. I want to make sure I, I capture any questions. You guys are awesome here. Um, what's Tina say for me, forgiveness is my greatest tool in letting go including self-forgiveness. I wrestle with Tina, forgiving Tina. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Tina. That is so massive. 
is that we, we hold ourselves to responsible for something we did 20 years ago and we still feel like shit for it. You have to forgive whoever that person was at that time. Obviously it was you, but when you go back and think about what did, what, what information, what tools, what training did you have in that situation? You did the best you could and you learned from that and you grew from that. So yes, forgiveness is huge. I mean, I've had so many people wrong me in my life that, and, and now I'm at a point where I've learned from these books where I'd be anger, angry and resentful. And I'm like, success is the best revenge. Da, 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 da. And I had all this hate in my heart for like getting back at these people. And then I just like, I just, all of a sudden I get, something came out of me that was like, I have to forgive them. They did the best they could for their situations at hand. My mom included, I tried and tried and tried to understand how she could not have put me first instead of her cats and her cigarettes and everything else when we were homeless. You know, there's so many stories to tell. Um, but then I, then I thought back and I'm like, her childhood was fucked up too. Her mom held her hands at four years old over the stove because she accidentally forgot the keys inside the house when they locked the door. So they had to break a window. My mom had to crawl through the window. This is according to her. And, and I believe it because my grandmother was not a nice person um, and did that to a four-year-old. And then, 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 then their parents got divorced at four. And so the, I started looking back as an adult and going, wow, if I would have gone through those situations during those years, you know, this is back in the forties, I think she was born in 42, you know, the forties and fifties, things were way different back then, you know, and she grew up awkward and weird and guess what? And then she tried to fix herself and screwed herself up more. And then poof, here comes Chris, you know, February 26, 1969. All right. Um, in the God's honest truth, in case you don't know this, she was going to place me for adoption. Most people don't know that. It's another story. It's another book I'm writing, but, um, yeah, she was going to place me for adoption. And I asked her why. And she goes, um, they placed me on, on my chest and said that, and I just looked at you and I said, it's just you and me kid. And I was like, well, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that because, um, everything happens for a reason. I went through all those situations to make me the person I am today. And I'm super proud and confident in the person I am today. Do I have weaknesses? Do I have fears? Do I have uncertainties? Yes. I'm fucking human. You know, we all are, but guess what? I am leaps and bounds better than I, when I was 16, when I was 16 years old or when I was 25 years old, when I was putting the mask on and being this or drinking too much because I was scared to be in public and just to be myself. I mean, there's stories and stories of going on and back and forth, but ultimately you just have to decide that you are worth happiness. You deserve happiness that you deserve to wake up every day and feel excited about life. You know, not every day is going to be great. No. But guess what? It's a lot better than the con than the converse. We're waking up every day and you're miserable and you're like, okay, I just have to get through this. Hoping, wishing, and praying that something's going to change magically. It's not going to change. Um, what else we got here? Um, you guys are so awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah, stop lying to yourself. I mean, it's it's so much. Um, and there's just so much to share. And I'm going to continue to share both here on the Ron and Scripted show and also on our Friday night lives that we do with my best friend right now, Scott Goyette, my brother from another mother. Um, that's what we're doing. That's how we're turning our growth. Both Scott and I are going through a lot of stuff right now, spiritually and emotionally. You know, I'm 51. I think he's 25. I don't know. He's cute and he's all young looking and everything. But no, seriously, we're going through a lot of stuff. So we're able to talk to each other you know, iron sharpens iron. And by doing these Facebook lives and, and being on other shows and interviewing and talking to people, that's how we in turn grow and share our pain and, and become a little bit more enlightened and elevated and secure and whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish in our journey. So we thank you guys for being here. We thank you guys for always being here. You guys are freaking amazing. And, um, I want to end on that note. I've got so many, uh, so many different things that I could keep going on. 
Um, but you guys are massively awesome. And uh, yeah, keep looking for those Friday night lives. And if there's anything I can do, seriously, please reach out. I'll put the, the calendar thing in the comments in case you need to reach out. Um, it's confidential. It's just, it's just an hour with me, um, talking. So I just want that. I just want to be that resource for you guys. And just again, Oh, the other book I forgot about, I mentioned it before top for top five regrets of the dying. This is a massively powerful book. Massively. If you just go online and just Google this, you don't even have to buy it. Just Google. There's a hospice nurse that wrote this book. And guess what? The number one, the number one regret she spent countless hours with all these hospice patients. These are the people that are dying right in front of her and they're sharing their final thoughts and their final words and their, their biggest regret. And I've heard this from most people that I've talked to who are older is that they lived the life they thought they were supposed to live, not the life they wanted to live. Let me say that again. They lived the life that they thought they were supposed to live, but they did not live the life that they wanted to live. And if they had to go back and do it over again, honestly, in every sense of the word, they would go tell a lot of people to go fuck themselves. They, they would, I mean, there's so much hate and so much passion over the situations that they put themselves in that there's nothing they can do. And the sad part is for a lot of them, those people are dead. So there's nobody to blame, nobody to hate, nobody. To, and you're just sitting there in miserable company and silence. Like, okay, those were my, cho my, my choices. And now I have to live with those. I mean, talk about a fucked up life. So, you know, I'll leave on this note. Uh, uh, what's up, Pam? So great to talk to you and, and uh, interact with you today and being on your show yesterday was so good. I would have wanted to read that book. I worked in long-term care, long-term care in high school and college. It gives you a serious perspective in life. Yeah, it's, it is, um, the five regrets of the dying. It's massive. I have the audio. I've been reading the book. Um, they got to a point where I had to stop it because I'm very empathic and listening to some of these people's stories and accounts of their lives and how much they regretted the stuff they didn't do broke my heart broke my heart. So I actually had to stop listening to it, but I know the crux of everything, um, in that situation. So yeah, go immerse yourself in these things. Use that leverage, use that pain as power and continue to evolve and grow and just commit to yourself. It doesn't have to be overnight. You know, give yourself a three month plan just to start drinking more water and being healthier and making better decisions and stop ignoring life around you. Just start with that and whatever I can do to help you. I will. I love you guys. All right. Raw and unscripted is out of here. Time to go be a family man. I love you guys. As always, stay unstoppable. I love you guys. Seriously.